me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, from the verse 3 to 6, to 7, sorry, to 7, verse 3 to 7. Shall we rise? I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in my grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also, and in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is indeed by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Tell somebody, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Um, <clears throat> the title of my message is God has not given you the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Fear is a very powerful force. Many times it has the ability to paralyze us and ruin our expression in life. God has called us at various levels and God is calling us to express his glory wherever we are but oftentimes fear takes its toll upon us and here in second Timothy the Bible says Paul wrote to Timothy now Paul was an apostle of God and Timothy was like a son to him he was like a mentor and Timothy was like a protege. He wrote often and often to encourage him. So in 1 Timothy, he went so long with uh, Timothy. And then in 2 Timothy, he continued. It was a letter or an epistle. He taught wise to write to Timothy. And today I want you to understand that this letter that Paul wrote to Timothy has a lot of um, bearing on your life. It has the ability to lift you from wherever you are to another level. Hallelujah. Now, Paul wrote telling Timothy, reminding him of his rebirth, his heritage, his grandmother, his mother, the faith of the grandmother, and then also his own faith. He was bearing testimony to the fact that Timothy was indeed born again and had a genuine faith. Hallelujah. He knew the faith the guy had was not fake. He knew the faith was genuine. It was authentic. Hallelujah. And he wrote to him. And then he told him that, well, I am looking forward to meeting you. That I will have joy because of your tears. Apparently, Timothy has had an opportunity or several opportunities to talk with Paul, his mentor, and to confess some things to him to the effect that there are things he is weeping over in his life. Hallelujah. And so Paul was saying, because of that particular thing he confided in him, he, Timothy, has and Paul has not failed to constantly pray for him day and night. Hallelujah. And then he's hopeful that by the time they meet, there will be a testimony. Hallelujah. A testimony of which they both can rejoice. Hallelujah. Then he told Timothy that I am very certain about one fact. That God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power, 
of love and of a sound mind. Now, Timothy was a very young man, amen, but with a huge responsibility as a pastor. He pastored the Ephesian church. And it is said in the day of Paul, that was the largest church in the whole of the world. Timothy pastored a church that is supposed to have numbered or seated a congregation of 10,000. But yet he was a very young man. He had a lot of issues concerning his life, concerning the church, and life generally. Hallelujah. And those were the reasons why Timothy could not but very often weep. And so Paul was telling him that I want you to understand that you don't have any good reason to allow the cause of your tears to keep you down. Because God has not given you the spirit of fear. Now, let me explain this word fear. Fear. There are so many references to fear in the Bible. But in the New Testament, this is the first time and the only reference to this fear being spoken about here. It is the only time the Bible refers to this fear. Often you hear Greek words like phobos talking about fear. Amen. But this one is not phobos. This one is delia. Now, and delia is very different from phobos. Now, when you talk about delia, you are looking at somebody who is timid. Somebody who lacks self-confidence. Somebody who is without courage. Hallelujah. Amen. He is somebody who looks at the world through a wrong lens. Amen. And allows that lens to govern and rule his life in the wrong way. So although this young man Timothy was born again. He was a man with a definite call as a pastor. Somehow and some way. The devil was able to get him to believe in a lie. Hallelujah. Now I want us to understand that the word delia is not a word that depicts a demon or a spirit. He says the spirit of fear. But it didn't mean that it was a demon. Paul will not advise you to deal with a demon. He will deal with the demon. If he wouldn't deal with the demon, he would tell Timothy, cast it out. But you will see that in this epistle, he is busy trying to get Timothy to understand that something must change about his mindset. It is a mindset. It is a stronghold. Hallelujah. It is not a spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he's telling him, Delia has taken hold of you. You lack courage. You lack self-confidence. You are afraid. And very so often, you find yourself beating yourself down. Not because a demon has possessed you, but because you have been socialized wrongly. Um, when we were in secondary school, we were taught about the institutions of socialization. The things or institutions that bring you up in life. The family is one. Amen. The school is another. Um, church is another. And so on and so forth. Now, Timothy's life, we see the mother, we see the grandmother, they were believers. But we don't know where Timothy roamed. Apart from that. Amen. He learned under Paul. Paul knew him. Paul taught him. Paul brought him up. But this time, Paul is saying something is drastically wrong. This spirit of fear is not of the Lord. Hallelujah. And very often, the spirit of fear will manifest in three different ways. One, it will manifest as the spirit of inferiority. Amen. Inferiority. 
And when that spirit possesses you, you know, it, it is like the, the, the word spirit has been used in exactly the same way that it was used in the case of Joshua. The, uh, Caleb, rather. The Bible says, and Caleb, my servant, had a different spirit. Amen. It was about a mindset. It was about a stronghold. It was about the lenses through which he viewed life. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody with me here? Hallelujah. And when he said he had a different spirit, indirectly, he was constructing uh, what you call Caleb with the rest of the ten. That means the ten had also a spirit. But that spirit was different. Amen. It was a spirit that was exactly like Delia. Amen. The ten had Delia. So if you look in the Septuagint, the Jewish Septuagint, that the Jewish version of the Old Testament, you will see that the word used there is not Phobos or any other word. It is the word Delia concerning the ten. Hallelujah. And so in Numbers chapter 13, go to Numbers. I want us to look at its manifestations. All right. I'll start from verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. Yes, continue. That the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of the Jordan. Yes. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome. Go on. But the man that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report about the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in that land are great stature. And there, was, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Enoch, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. And so first of all, the spirit of Delia will manifest as inferiority complex. So here we are. The 12 went into the land to inspect the land, to assess the land, and to bring the report. These were people under the same leader, the same shepherd, by the name of Moses. They received the same instructions. And you would expect that they would be able to communicate in the same manner the report to the people. But 10 of them were different. They had Delia. Hallelujah. And so they saw themselves as inferior to the people that inhabited the land. Amen. An inferior individual looks very down upon himself or herself. You think you don't measure up. Amen. You, do, you, you don't think about big issues. When issues arise, you are looking for the simple ones. Amen. You can handle the simple ones and allow the difficult ones to solve by themselves. Amen. A person of inferiority does not know what to go after excellence. Because excellence demands a higher price. And if for you to go for excellence, you need more effort. Amen. In life. And the people who are inferior don't think they, they have to go to that extent. Hallelujah. 
the other thing about the people who are inferior is that very often they 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 they, they tend to um they tend small things matter so much to them small things matter so much to them big things don't matter to them sometimes do you know what is happening when you look in the dailies for example or over the news you hear they say that um a man or a woman butchered another person because of a change of two cities. Two cities. Somebody butchered somebody. Somebody killed another person for a very trivial thing like two cities. It is not anything. The person, what matters to the person most are small things. Amen. Because whatever you were doing, he was doing it because he felt this small thing is all their life. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you as you are sitting here, that God has not given the spirit of fear. I say God has not given you the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. Amen. But he has given the spirit of power, love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Amen. You are not like the ten. You have a spirit that is of power. You have a spirit that is of love. You have a spirit that is of a sound mind. We'll look at that on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Amen. You are not somebody who has any reason to look down upon yourself. Amen. Let me, let me ask you a simple question. How do you tell, excuse me, Brother Sandro, the worth of this spoon? How do you tell its worth? They make. What else? Yes. The price. Yeah, the price. If I tell you the price, I tell you the worth of the phone. What is your price? Amen. God took you in the spiritual realm to the market. Amen. Hallelujah. And he decided to bargain for you. Amen. And when he did the bargain, he realized that you were worth his own son. So he said, no. Every one of these people is worth my son. And so go and die for them. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are worth nothing, God doesn't go for junks. Amen. I say what? God doesn't go for junks. God goes for the precious one. Amen. When a gold digger is mining and he picks gold dust, he knows there is dust in the soil. It is not the dust he uses to assess the value of the thing. He would go and make sure that he has melted that dust, extracted the gold, and then weigh the gold to know how many carats the gold is. And then he will tell you the worth. So even though you were a sinner, you were dirty, God in that debt and in that sin would see that worth of Christ inside you. And I'm telling somebody, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Don't feel inferior. Don't allow anybody to treat you inferior. I remember when we were in school, uh, preparing for Leavers Day, one of the deacons in our church, uh, now Professor David Amankwa in the US, came to talk to us and he said, well, you are going into the world. There's no price for you. The world will buy you at the price you tell them. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody can make you feel inferior and any less 
than you are, except you give them the permission. And I tell you, God has not given you the permission to treat yourself inferior or allow anybody to treat you inferior. Hallelujah. Every challenge you are facing, you are up to it. Hallelujah. Every challenge you are facing, you are up to it. Amen. Hallelujah. The second thing is, they said, the times are in the land and we are not able to come against them. That is the second manifestation of Delia. And that is inadequacy. You don't only look down upon yourself, but you think you are up to. Amen. You don't have the capacity. You are incapable. Hallelujah. You are incapable. Amen. You look at King Saul. Saul was a man who led Israel in many victories. But by the time it came to the battle against the Philistines, when Goliath appeared on the scene, Saul saw something different from what he used to see. The sight of Goliath got God missing from the eyes of Paul. They couldn't see God. Amen. Because he had seen a giant. It was the same thing with these guys. God had been with them through the Red Sea. He drowned the armies of Pharaoh. Took them through the Red Sea. Through the wilderness. Drowned armies of nations. And brought them this far. And yet, they went and saw giants. And they felt they were finished. They went and saw giants. And felt they couldn't fight. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what is confronting you today. I don't know how big that monster. That enemy. That problem. That challenge you are facing. I don't know how big it is. But I have come to tell you. That God is gone ahead of you. And God is going to fight your battles. And if God is fighting your battles. Who is it that can stand against you? I declare your victory in advance. I declare your victory in advance. I declare your victory in advance. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are up to it. Don't let anybody convince you. Yes, somebody else said they are not up to it. But tell them, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Also for you are welcome. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is in you. Can I hear amen? Christ is in you. And if Christ is in you, the whole Godhead is in you. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's going to fight for you. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, the Anarchists are there and we can't fight them. What is it? Ask yourself, what is it? Amen. Goliath. Saul said, they couldn't. His army generals said they couldn't. Then a young boy of 17 appeared. And said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Here, I am standing in the valley of the shadow of death. And here is this man called Goliath. Whose voice gets everybody running. But because I am conscious of God's presence with me. Even though I may have fear, I refuse to fear. Courage is the ability to act in spite of the presence of fear. David got there and said, as long as the Lord liveth, this uncircumcised Philistine shall come down. Hallelujah. And I'm telling somebody, that Goliath, that mountain, that enemy, that challenge, 
you are grappling with is going to come down because the Lord is with you. You know, um, when you are getting to some places, some public places, when you are approaching the door, some few meters to the door, the door opens. Until you get to the designated distance, the door is still shut. But when you move in the direction of the door, even the door, though the door is shut, it is guaranteed that when you get to the designated distance, the door opens of its own accord. Ladies and gentlemen, when you decide that you are going against the enemy, you are facing him in spite of how intimidating he is, God will go before you. God will go before you. And I see God going before you. I see God going before you and telling you, come along. I see God tell you, charge forward. I, I see God tell you, charge forward. I see God tell you, tell you, forward march. And as you forward march, I see that door opened. I declare unto you, that door that has been shut for so long, opens today in the name of Jesus. I, I want you to take the prophecy um, Pastor Jejra said very seriously. I saw a man in a pit. It was a very big pit, very deep. The pit dark. You could only I mean guess that somebody is sitting in the corner somewhere. And after some few moments light started coming into that pit. And you could see a visible human being sitting down. And as soon as that light came in the man said this is not my place. This is not what I bargained for. This is not what I saw. And all of a sudden, the pit was closed. The man disappeared. I am here to tell somebody, whatever the pit you are in, whatever problem you are facing, God is closing up the pit. Light is coming your way. And that light is causing you to come out of that pit. In the name of Jesus. Three days ago, I called the pastors. Some of them were not there, but the others were there in my office. And I told them something. And then in conclusion, I said, Pharaoh had a dream fat cattle seven years then lean cattle I mean fat cattle seven of them then lean cattle seven of them the fat cattle came first and then afterward the lean cattle and when the lean cattle came out they consumed the fat ones how many of you know of Ichanga and Inoma aha if you remember Echanga and Inoma, that was what happened. They consumed Inoma. And still, it didn't appear like they had even eaten anything. Then, they saw maize crop. Great harvest. Great harvest. Seven years. And then, afterwards, another one blight, that had been blighted. Bad harvest, seven of them. And Joseph told him, Pharaoh, your dream is one. It's one. But to tell you the certainty of what you have seen, God made it twice. And I am telling somebody, this time, what we are going through is not the time of the fat season. We are going through 
the lean season. And after we have come through the lean season, the fat season will come. And I'm telling somebody, there's a fat season coming upon this church. There's a fat season coming upon this nation. There's a fat season coming upon our country. I declare unto somebody that the time of your famine is over. The time of your famine is over. God is coming through to show you mercy, to show you mercy and to show you his goodness in the name of Jesus. At least I'm old enough. I've lived in this Ghana all my life. 1981, 82 was bad. It was bad. But you can't compare 1981 to I've lived through both and I'm living through this. This one is worse. I'm sorry if you're an economist. It's worse. Amen. But I am saying, fear not. Don't delia. When it seems to you most that you have to give up because you can't fight the fight. Tell yourself the battle is won. Tell yourself the battle is won already. The battle is won already. And there's a great harvest. There's a great harvest. And sometimes for some of you, you may not see it raining. Hallelujah. He talked about rain. The rain will come. But some may not see it raining. Some may not see the cloud. You will not see thunder and lightning. You will not see storm or the wind. But every ditch shall be filled every ditch shall be filled every ditch shall be filled because the Lord has never neglected his people I will never leave you nor forsake you I will never leave you nor forsake you I will never leave you nor forsake you because I am about to do a new thing something is turning around something is turning around Something is turning around. 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 Kabushataka. Rokotoyaba. Rakatakaba. Lebobobo. God has decided to do it another way. It's all the fat season. The lean has come. Ah, but I see a new day. I see a new season. I see a new time. I see a turnaround. 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 I don't know. It, it's still, I, I saw something. Is that still what is used? Those who bake. That uh, round thing, they used to need a flour. That machine. That big. Is that still what, what they use? Yeah, I saw something like that. And it was trying to turn, but it was turning with difficulty. Trying to turn, but difficulty. And all of a sudden, it was let loose. Oh, I believe. Something is let loose. Ha! Ah, something is let loose, ladies and gentlemen. Kabo Rakatoka beba. I am bringing you help. 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 In the name of Jesus. Listen to this. I thought that God was going to show me a field that is not yet harvested. But he said, what you saw in that needy machine was what I am bringing 
is already processed. It is already processed. Already processed. It is like, it is like Adam was created and God didn't go for soil, raw soil to create Eve. He took her out of his rib. Already processed. And I'm telling you, no sweat. It's a sweatless one. It's a sweatless one. It's a sweatless one. In the name of Jesus. Let me go to the third one quickly. The third thing about the spirit of fear or delia is that it makes you feel inactive. In other words, you find yourself in a condition called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. You are not helpless, but you have learned to be helpless. Why? Because you think you are facing a condition that is way too big for you. And you can't do anything about it. When people are in Delia, what happens is that when things are happening around them, they watch things happening. But they think they don't have any option. They think they will not be able to do anything about it. But I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God is telling you, you are way equipped, enabled and empowered to deal with every situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Now, God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So where does that spirit come from? One. They come from your handicaps. A handicap is any condition in your life that restricts your function. You are supposed to function, but you are handicapped. Anything that restricts your ability to function is a handicap. And you see, Timothy had a lot of handicaps. And I guess those were the things he was crying about. He had a 10,000 seater church. Ah, I wish I had a 10,000 seater church. Ah. But somebody had it. And yet his handicaps were too many. He was crying day and night. And his first handicap, if you look at First Timothy chapter 5, Verse 23 is there. Look at it. First Timothy chapter 5. Hey. First Timothy chapter 5. Aha. Uh -huh. Drink no longer water. But use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Now, I don't know what was wrong with his stomach. Maybe it was an ulcer. I don't know. But often infirmities. He knew how to be acclimatized with being sick. But it made him very uncomfortable. He felt, I'm a pastor. I believe in divine healing. Why should I be sick? What can I tell the people? And ladies and gentlemen, I can understand Timothy. Amen. I can understand Timothy. After I went through the crisis in 2017, the thought of coming back to the pulpit was scary. Because I climbed there and got down and didn't get home. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So the moment you think about it again, 
it comes. But I said, I don't have Delia. Whatever it is that happened to me, I am leaving it at my back. And we are going forward and never backwards. Forward, ever. Backwards, never. Hallelujah. Amen. I understand what he's going through. Amen. Hallelujah. And you are there and somebody comes to I remember even the day I was still at the hospital, the second day at the hospital. Somebody called me to pray for him. He was not in church when the thing happened. And that time I couldn't talk. So it was my wife who prayed for him. The wife had BP in the night. Amen. And they were struggling to control my BP over there. Hallelujah. Amen. My wife prayed for him. It was later on he heard that, oh, when he called, I was at the hospital. But when my wife prayed for him, according to him, the wife BP came down. Boom. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And after that, people, pastor, pray for me. And I'm like, hey, do you know what you are talking about? I'm almost losing my confidence in divine healing. I had to build it over again. I had to build it over again. I had to build it over again. I remember there was a day I was going for a, 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 a shepherd's summit. And it just crossed my mind. This guy hasn't been in church for a long time. Brother Samuel said, I haven't seen him in a long while. So I called him. And he said, oh, pastor, I'm there. I said, are you fine? He said, not, not. I said, what's wrong with you? That um, I have a heart condition. I said, heart condition? What about the heart? Enlargement. And uh, I've been seeing the doctors for days now. I've not gone to work. When I'm climbing my stairs, it takes me hours to climb my stairs. I said, Sammy, I don't know why I called you whilst driving. Call me back when you are finished with the doctor. He went. They asked him to go and do another checkup somewhere. He went from there. He brought the report. The doctor looked at it and looked at him. And the doctor didn't look happy. He said, okay, let's find out this first. Last. He gave him another something. Go and try somewhere. He went. And before he went, I called him. I said, have you finished with him? Oh, that he's finished that one. The man was not pleased at all. And he has asked me to go and do another one. I said, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. And just then, a record testimony came to me. It's mama here, uh, uh, Sister Cynthia's mother. Leticia, Leticia's mother. Is she here? Earlier on, in two, two, 2017, before I got into a crisis, one the pastor went to preach at uh, First Light. And I preached for Easter Sunday. When I finished preaching, I prayed for the sick. And mama said, after the prayer, she felt something leave her. She had, is it enlargement or hole in heart? She's been battling it for well over 12 years. It got to a point, it was like it has stopped. She wasn't hearing anything of it. But just that Thursday before the Sunday, she started feeling it again. She went to see the doctor. The doctor gave her some medication and told her to come back the following Thursday. And Sunday she was in church and this thing happened. She told the doctor, I am healed. They went to see the doctor. The doctor looked at the thing and said, Okay, it's not looking bad. It looks like it's closed up. But sometimes these things can deceive you. So you come again. Also, they monitored the woman from that time till August 2018 before they declared her to have a clean bill of health. So I told Sammy this testimony. He said, ah, pastor, are there testimonies like this in the church? I said, galore. Galore. 
and I prayed for him. When he went back to the doctor, the doctor was amazed. Nothing, nothing, no trace. Amen. I didn't permit what I went through to keep me down and deny others a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Timothy had issues. Apart from his health challenges, Timothy was not a full Jew. The mother was a Jewess. But the father was a Greek man. And you know, pastoring a church with Jews inside. And you are not a full Jew. In fact, you are like a Samaritan. Amen. You are like the Samaritan. Because the Samaritans are half caste. Half caste Jews. And they and the Jews, they don't mix. Hallelujah. So this was a half caste of a kind. And he was pastoring this people. And some of them were so conservative. Conservative. And so very many times, the guy felt very, uh, uh, he, he looked down upon himself. He's very conscious of the fact that he's not a Jew. Amen. He, 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 yes, he believes that there's no longer Jew, no Greek, no Cynthia, no Parthia, but all are one in Christ. He's there. But the people say, you are half caste. You say you are not half caste, but we say you are half caste. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That was one of his cries. Hallelujah. Amen. And some people are there. Maybe it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the, uh, your background. It's not where you come from. It's not your health or anything. But sometimes your education. Maybe you didn't go to school. Or you go to school, you didn't go to school well. Or you went halfway and something happened and you dropped. It is not your fault. Hallelujah. You don't need to feel inferior because of that. Because whether you go to school or you don't go to school, the same price paid for you as the one that has gone to school. Jesus didn't buy me at a higher price than somebody who has never been to school. Hallelujah. And so if you are in church and you cannot speak English and they say where the what 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 what, 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 what do you, the earphone head where the earphone do it gladly let me tell you something do you know that tree and uh, ever are subjects studied in Oxford and Cambridge to doctorate they studied it before they started learning tree here in Ghana I understand what I'm talking about amen so if you can speak tree you are speaking a language that is an international language there's somebody who is here you can speak French okay but you can't speak English should you despise yourself for being unable to speak English when you can speak French no hallelujah I wish I could preach in three throughout I wish but yeah okay amen there are some that think sometimes the thing comes you know I have to say MTN MTN a woman not lines are fine I thought they'd be sure. Oh yeah, you are calling your friend who is standing here and they say the number does not exist. So there are times I want to speak the tree but the vocabulary does not exist. We had this uh, Catholic brother, fake brother, FIC brother years ago in Nandom Secondary School and who was a teacher they asked to take care of the meals of the students he hasn't been to school but he has been to Second World War and he said brother one day he got to the school, the dining hall and realized there was pandemonium 
And when they asked him, Brother Pardara, what happened? He said, whilst I was in town, proper gathering for food, a band of students went and attacked my cool case. Due to the proper gathering for salt, but there was enough palm wine. What he's saying is that he was in town trying to organize food for the students. Okay. Then some group of students went and attacked the cooks. Those are his cookers. And the reason why they attacked the cooks was that this food has not got enough palm oil. Salt, enough salt. Okay. But even though it hadn't got enough salt, there was a lot palm oil inside, which is called the palm wine. <laughs> Hallelujah. That one came to pass. Another day, they, they, they asked him, Pagda, there, there was a problem. And he went to address the students. And then when he started, the vocab wasn't coming. Then somebody screamed, lacking vocab. He said, uh -huh. they were staring teased. So he was explaining why they were late. The meal was late. So when I went to the kitchen, I saw that the cooks were. Then somebody said, lacking vocabs. Then he said, yeah, they were lacking vocabs. But <laughs> you Hallelujah. Look, Master, if you don't understand your dialect, you can learn your dialect. If you understand your dialect and you don't understand English, and we speak your dialect, we speak English and translate into your dialect. I think you should listen because it is not safe for you to sit here. You don't understand the English and you don't wear the headphone, okay? And then you are in the church. You spend all your time here. They finish and you haven't gotten anything. It is better and the best for you to sit down, listen with the headphone. When you finish, what somebody got in English, you got it in three. The understanding he has, you have the same understanding. You can be on the same realm in terms of demonstration of power and God's experience of in your life. I declare unto anybody here that is having a problem with this educational handicap that may the Lord set you free. May the Lord set you free. I want to see you put it on your head full because God will bless you in the same way he will bless a person that is listening to the thing directly in English. Let me, let me stop here. Let me stop. There's still a lot to talk about, but let me stop here. Shall we stand up?